Welcome to the Next Chapter Podcast. I am your host, Veronica Moss, and today we're joined by Michelle Reekman. And Michelle is an expert personal trainer and health coach with her doctorate in physical therapy. Welcome, Michelle. Thanks so much for having me here today. So yeah, please tell me, do you have a motherhood story or a spiritual awakening story? Yeah, so probably the biggest story that really led me to grow deeper in my faith happened about how many years ago? A little over 10 years ago. So my husband was active duty military at the time, and we had one child. And we kept waiting for the perfect time to have our second child and because we thought he was going to deploy at some point, but he didn't, and we just kept waiting. Finally, we decided to go ahead and try and because he had orders for a six-month deployment and he would have got back and we would have had the baby and it would have worked out okay. So we, in the matter of 48 hours, we got pregnant with our second child. They changed his deployment from six months to a year and my brother-in-law also committed suicide. So in a really short amount of time, a lot of stressful things happened and it was really hard and I was a mess for quite a few weeks and there was a lot to deal with and then knowing everything that happened with my brother-in-law but also only knowing I had a couple months left with my husband and then I was going to have this baby you know by myself it was a lot to take in and I remember talking with one of my friends on the phone who is also a military spouse and just bawling my eyes out but also it was a really releasing experience because I'm the type of person where I don't really cry in front of people and I haven't been very good with dealing with my feelings. I have definitely grown in that over the years, but it felt really good. And she pointed me towards a book and it led me to the scripture. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I really just held that and used that verse and used that whole year deployment as a time to grow. So I started doing yoga and doing deep breathing with that, taking time for self-care and also just taking time to grow spiritually. And when I look back on that year, I don't look back on it as a year that was really hard. It was hard, but I also got to spend time with my family that we had lived away from because we were a military family. So I actually look back on it as a good time that I got to spend with my family. And there were definitely some hard parts, especially having a newborn by myself and not getting enough sleep. But I sort of use that as a time to really grow. And it was a real turning point for me. Okay. Yeah. So first I would like to thank you and your family and your husband for all that you do and all the sacrifices that you go through. I I can only imagine what you must go through when he's on deployment. My brother is in the army and he has done quite a few tours overseas. So I understand how hard it could be on the family because you're together, but kind of like a single mom while he's on deployment. You're not, but that's what it could feel like. Am I right? Yeah. And it's even, even as a family unit, that is really hard, but it's also really hard coming back together because you're so used to doing things on your own and it's just really hard to get back in that flow. And it's a little hard when they get back. I mean, it's like a joyous time, but then it's, it's a little hard too. It throws you off your rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now you mentioned yoga and getting back inward and spiritually I know that yoga can get you to a point. It's not just exercise. It's just a real good time to also reflect. So do you use yoga for that as well? Yeah. So I'm actually a certified yoga teacher too. Okay. So there's lots of different things that yoga can be or that you can use it for. 
So you can do a more relaxing yoga that focuses more on stretching and the breath. And that's a really good way if you're someone that has a hard time sitting still or meditating is to do that deep breathing and focus your mind, but maybe you're stretching a little bit. So it just gives you that little bit of something to do if you need to. So I do doing it for that aspect, but I also like doing yoga for exercise where mm -hmm. I am doing strength training and working my muscles throughout it. But I think the nice thing about yoga is that it incorporates your breath, which we know when we take those deep belly breaths that we are calming our nervous system and it's really restorative. So even if you're exercising and working out hard, if you're incorporating that breath, it really helps. And yoga also focuses on stretching and all these other aspects. And it really focuses your mind that other types of exercise don't do. So mm -hmm. even now I'm in a season of my husband just got a job in Phoenix. So we're moving across the country. So my exercise has been shifted to going back to doing more yoga and going outside and doing walks because those are really restorative in a way that I just feel better in my body, but also that I just feel better mentally. Okay. Yeah, that's wonderful. So you're a mom of four and yeah. how old are they? Yeah. So my kids are five, 10 and 11, and those three are boys. And my oldest is 15 and she is a girl. Okay. All right. So then how do you find the time to like bring everybody together? Because more than anything, you're a health coach and it starts at home, right? So you start with your kids, you start with yourself and your spouse and your family. How do you get all the kids to be just as excited for like healthy planning and exercise and getting involved or are they just like naturally like to be outside type of thing? So the kids all vary and they're not all mm -hmm. excited about healthy food or vegetables for dinner. And some of them like to exercise and move more than others. Like I have one son that just loves all sports, loves to be active. And then I have some that would rather just sit inside and read a book or do Legos all day. Um, but as a whole, like we might go out for hikes on the weekend or just encouraging them to like, hey, you're going outside for an hour. You need to go play outside. Not giving them a choice really, but just that we are a family that likes to stay active and be outside and use our body. And I think just through conversations, we talk about that nutrition piece. So yes, they can have sugar. They had Halloween candy. They might have treats here and there, but we talk about not overdoing sugar, what sugar does to our body and why we eat more fruits and vegetables and things like that. So they may not always be excited, but they're definitely learning and incorporating that because I think especially as parents, the values and what we teach our kids for all things, but especially around health, that's what they're going to do when they leave the house. So really having them that strong foundation, because it's really hard and childhood obesity is growing rapidly. And I mean, we just turn our head and there are all these ads for unhealthy food. When we go out to eat, the portions are huge. It's always about sugary drinks. So really trying to set them up with some foundation, but knowing that you don't have to be perfect and they don't have to be perfect. So now that you mention it now, do you recommend reading labels or what are the buzzwords that you look out for on foods out there? Because sometimes like as much as you want to provide whole foods and natural homegrown foods, sometimes it's just easier just to grab that granola bar or grab those like boiled eggs at Costco. So do you pay attention to the labels or do you just look for certain buzzwords? 
Yeah, no, definitely the labels. So obviously, like you were saying, I think we all know whole foods first, but when you're going for packaged food, read the ingredients because those buzzwords like keto or vegan or whatever they might be, don't really mean much. They can put a bunch of sugar and stuff in there. So definitely look at that, especially like granola bars. A lot of them have a lot of sugar and I'll tell my kids that is basically like eating a cookie, but it doesn't quite taste as good as a cookie and using that sugar or that treat where you actually want to have a treat and not just as your snack or something. And when you go to look at the labels, making sure that one, you know what all those words are and really looking for whole ingredients within that nutrition label. So avoiding the artificial flavors and sugars and dyes and just all that stuff that our body really isn't meant to process. Okay. Now, can you speak in regards to gluten or what can you tell us about gluten? It seems like it's just, it's a rising problem where a lot of kids and adults can't process or tolerate anymore. Yeah. So I'm definitely not an expert, but gluten has changed so much from what it used to be. So it's just not the same thing. And it goes back to that idea of whole foods and most foods that have gluten are not whole foods. Mm -hmm. Nobody goes and gets a wheat grain and eats it and cracks it themselves and makes their own bread. So most of the time when you're eating gluten, it's a pretty processed food, which is going to tell us that it's not healthy for us. And gluten also tends to do things with the gut that can make your gut more leaky. So it's pretty common in autoimmune issues that gluten can make it worse and different things with kids, ADHD, other things. So it's one of those things to try. So if you or your child are wondering if it bothers you, take it out for a little bit and then put it back in and see. But overall, even if it is something you're eating, you probably shouldn't be eating a lot of it because it is highly processed. Okay. Now, what about with dairy, with dairy foods? For a while, it was a lot of like lactose intolerant people and which was me. <laughs> I was one of them. And now I can tolerate it a lot more. However, there's a lot of inflammation and with talks of myocarditis, which is a condition that I have, that's mostly to do with inflammation in the body. So what can you tell us about inflammation in the body? Yeah. So, you know, we also have these different genes and the different genes that we have help us to break down food. So some people are going to do better with dairy. Some aren't. It's the same thing with carbs and fat. So there's not like one right answer that carbs are bad for you. It also goes back to these genetic differences. So the idea of trying it out for yourself and seeing what that is and dairy can absolutely be inflammatory. And it goes back to the idea most of our dairy is highly processed. But even if you're getting like dairy from someone's farm that hasn't been pasteurized, it could still be inflammatory. So if mm -hmm. it is, it's a good thing to avoid. And I also know some people like with acne, because dairy is inflammatory, it can flare up and they can break out from that. With your health, you need to take a really individualized approach and test things out for you. And if you feel like you aren't getting answers from conventional medicine, then look into and research and try some other things because it is hard to change your diet and take gluten or take dairy out. But if that makes you feel better, it's a really easy fix. So just try things out and really be encouraged of taking your health into your own hands if you feel like you're stuck and you're not getting the help you need. 
Okay. Yeah. Sounds great. So tell me, Michelle, you mentioned that your husband goes on deployment and it's hard to get used to coming back. And so how do you get yourself organized and get used to a new rhythm again? Yeah, honestly, I think we're like always going through different changes or seasons with school starting or just different things going on. So I think it's always that sense of regrouping. So one of the things I do is at the beginning of each month or the end of the month before, I try to just brainstorm different things I want to work on. And we all have these different buckets. So I have my work, I have my parenting, my marriage, and then my spiritual life and my personal develop. So I just write different ideas down. And from there, I try to pick out five habits that I want to work on each day. So something that I know I can do most days. And I'm thinking of all these different areas because there's always so much we can work on or so much we want to do, but we just don't have the time. So really narrowing my focus and just taking time to get quiet and listen and what are the most important things things for this month, for this season right now, and just focusing on those. So tell me about your coaching. Yeah. So I do online personal training. So it's nice because people can do it from the comfort of their home and I can create workouts for them to do on their own time, but it's still customized. So a mom who's postpartum and wants to work on her core, but doesn't know how to do it. I can help with that. Or I've also had clients who have old injuries. And with my background in therapy, we're able to start exercising in ways that feel good and can help them moving and feeling better. And my focus is always on sustainable health. We're talking about kids here. For the most part, someone might need a special diet if they have something going on. You know, if you have an autoimmune disease, you might want to try something. But if you're looking for general health or losing weight, you want to stick to something that your whole family can do because these kids are watching you. And if right. they're seeing you diet and follow this to lose weight and do that, that's what they're learning. They think mm -hmm. that you need to do something. So really finding a way to eat and live sustainably in your nutrition and your exercise is really key because they're watching you. So I also, as a mom of four, to really focus on short workouts. Myself, I only do 10 to 30 minute workouts most days of the week. And so that is what I do with my clients. Because when you stay consistent with that exercise and you're getting movement in, that's all you need. It does not have to be complicated. As you're mentioning, yeah, the kids are watching, they're listening, and I have stopped saying, does this make me look fat? Oh, that's fattening. Oh, I don't want to eat that. And I stopped doing that because my eight-year-old started saying, am I fat? I'm like, oh no, what am I doing? And so I stopped saying that, and now I start saying, you know what, that's not healthy. That's not healthy for you. Well, you can have a little bit, but not too much because it's not healthy. We want to focus on healthy foods. So I started replacing the word fat for healthy. Yeah. Yeah. That's perfect. We just say things and they're also going to hear things from other people. So my daughter was even picking things up. I don't know if it was TV or from a friend, but I'm like, she hasn't heard me say that. You know, our culture is so into the diet culture and the cycle of that and really just teaching our kids some healthy habits and allowing those treats in there, that grace that they can eat this. But most of the time we do this and we move our bodies and really just creating that. So when they get older, they're not stuck in those traps of falling on a diet and feeling bad about themselves. I mean, how many women have said they look fat or feel bad about themselves when they don't? Yeah. So 
I hear you mentioned habits. So I used to think that first I'll develop a schedule and then I'll start developing the routine. But what I'm noticing, it's more about changing your habits and building on those habits to become your routine. Yeah, absolutely. So when I work with clients in the app I use, we work on habits. So nobody is following a certain diet. Nobody has to meet a certain calorie goal or restrict necessarily, but we're focused on habits and it varies to the person. So maybe that person needs a water habit to drink enough water because something that simple makes a big difference, especially if someone isn't drinking enough. Or maybe we're going to focus on getting enough protein or getting enough fiber in because a lot of people just don't get enough fiber in. So you can start working on these pieces of nutrition as a habit without following a diet. And then that just becomes a habit. Oh, I have protein with every meal or I have vegetables with most meals or I have a big salad every day. And it just becomes that habit because then you don't have to think about it. And it just becomes a way you live. I'm a healthy person. I move my body every day. That's a habit. Or I eat vegetables every day. And it just starts to become who you are. Okay. Yeah. So then let me ask you this. So for busy moms, let me explain first. I've been two types of moms, right? I've been the very busy mom working two jobs, single mom. I don't have time to think about meal planning or exercising. I just, I'm in survival mode. And so whatever's drive through, whatever is packaged, that was easy. I, I would do that. Then I was lucky and fortunate enough where I could have the choice to stay home and raise the kids. And raising my three youngest ones. And so at that point I decided, okay, well, if I get to stay, be a stay at home mom, then I'm going to do everything right. And I'm going to breastfeed. I'm going to make sure that I'm eating correctly. I'm going to make sure that everybody else is eating correctly. And the babies, I'm making their own baby food. And so I've done both. Right. And then now I'm, now I'm the third mom where it's like, they're a little bit older. That's a lot of work. <laughs> I don't want to do that anymore. I want to come back into the workforce. And I'm starting to notice where I'm starting to waver off of, they don't need me that much, but they still need me in order so that I can feed them healthy because I'm still working from home. So how do these three moms that are probably listening right now, how would they be able to focus more on nutrition for not only themselves, but for them, for their children as well and their families as well and make time for that? Yeah. First, you have to keep it simple. And I think a lot of times we think healthy eating has to be complicated. And I could totally relate to what you were saying. You know, and I also think we get into the trap of thinking we have to be perfect. And we know this ideal or the best thing to do. And we can't always do it. And that's okay. So just like when I'm working with a client, maybe they have five different bad habits that I know if they could change, they could get to where they want. But we're human beings, so we might only change one and we might have four bad habits. You know, taking note of where you are right now and really focus on keeping things simple. You know, so I love doing freezer meals, especially for soups as it gets to winter, is just chopping all of it up and taking a couple hours and prepping a bunch of them because if you have a bunch of vegetables chopped and made into a soup, it's just easy to pour and to eat healthy. So it takes a little bit of planning and prep but keeping it really simple and also fresh fruit and veggies. Like we've had that before where maybe we have something else, but you can pull carrots or celery or cucumbers out and still get vegetables in and it doesn't really take much time. 
So I think as you start to learn some simple things that you can do to still eat healthy, it makes it easier. And it doesn't have to be perfect. Like my kids, I had homeschooled them the last six years. We put the three boys in school this year. And like we were talking about gluten before, nobody, all the kids are fine with it, but it's really not a healthy food. But they do sometimes take bread and a sandwich to school, even though I don't think that's great. And if they were at home, we probably wouldn't do that because it's easier to do other things. So noticing that sometimes you may have to do something that isn't great, but just thinking of it as a whole of what you're doing. Can we talk more about homeschooling? So when you homeschool the kids, how did you keep them engaged with, because if you're a personal trainer and you're a health coach, I imagine you're very outgoing, like very nature bound, very uh, of the earth type of person. So how do you keep the kids engaged while you're homeschooling? Yeah. I'm more of an introvert and a quiet person. And I have one child that he was very good at here. I want to do this and get it done. And then I have another child that was like, ah, I'm getting distracted. And he definitely needed more engagement. But there is really a lot of homeschool curriculum out there that you can do those different things with. And different kids are going to do better with different things. So just like in our health, it's the same thing with their education when you're really able to individualize it by homeschooling is you're gonna find different math works better for different kids and the same thing with reading. And I think also just taking that time to get outside with them, to do some nature studies, to walk, and to do some fun science experiments. Probably science experiments were a fun one for my boys, for sure. Ever since the pandemic, I think that was the greatest thing that came out of it for myself and my family was that we decided to do homeschooling and it's just, it's been a pleasure ever since. It's a blessing ever since. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So how is homeschooling going for you? It's been going great. I really did like it. Honestly, I just started getting busy and then they wanted friends and I yeah. moved to a new state and I don't have anybody here. I don't know anybody. I have no family, no friends right now. Yeah. When they wanted friends, I had joined some play groups and homeschool groups and yeah. it was going really great, but they needed a lot more. And so then I put them into a, a homeschool bridge program. Okay. I, it works out the best for me. It really nice. does. So they, they do that for three times a week. And then here at home, I just continue to do yeah. more like language arts, more math and some field trips. I can't yeah. really do science and history. I go off on tangents. So I try to stick to the small basics and let the yeah. professionals handle the rest. <laughs> yeah. Where are you at? I'm in Idaho. Idaho. Yeah, that's nice. They have a bridge program like that. Yeah. Where are you at? I'm in Southern Illinois, right by St. Louis. Okay. Um, yeah. And with starting my business, it just got too much. And I just, I did it for six years and just felt really burned out. But I like also, my oldest is still homeschooled, but she's in high school. So she does a lot on her own, but I still love homeschooling. I do too. I was so timid mm -hmm. and afraid of it. And I kept thinking, cause I wanted to, but I was just afraid. I'm like, Oh, I don't know if I'm good enough to teach these kids anything, but it's like, you're teaching kids all day long. If you're a mom, if you're a parent, yeah. you're teaching them all day long anyway. And there's nothing that I can't learn to teach them. Absolutely. It really, it, it really is a blessing. And like I said, I'm very fortunate that, that I had the choice to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I put my my boys, two of them are fifth and sixth grade. And like, they got into advanced math. 
they are doing like good academically in school, like socially, they're doing good. And I feel like people always have that judgment that they'll be behind or socially yeah. awkward or stuff, yeah. but yeah. No. And one more thing in case anybody's wondering, one more thing is that you give them that individual attention. So if one of the kids were going to start to fail, we, you would see it in school anyway. The great thing is when you're homeschooling, because I have that going on with my, my middle child, right? And when you have them at home, you're able to capture it and you're able to give them that individual attention and a lot more patient because a teacher to, what's the ratio right now? Like 30 kids, 35, 40 kids to a teacher. Yeah. They can't receive that kind of individual attention. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Don't even get me started about the public school system. <laughs> it's difficult. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard, but it's a blessing ever since. Yes. Okay, Michelle. So if I had a listener who was interested in more information from you, what can you offer my listeners? Yeah. So I have two things. So first you can head to my website and I have a meal planning made easy since we were talking about that. I use this way where I plan a month of meals in 30 minutes. And once you get this down, it becomes really easy and you create a master list. And it's just a great way to make meal planning easy so that you aren't grabbing fast food and you aren't grabbing those quick things all the time. And the oh. second thing is I have a coupon code for my online personal training. So if you use the coupon code NEXT20, you'll be able to save 20% off of my personal training for three months. And that way, not only are you getting started, but you're able to stay consistent and really develop those habits so that you can really get to that goal of feeling better and looking better and being strong. Okay, great. Yeah, I'll definitely link everything on the show notes. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to grab that 30-day meal planning because it is exhausting. Even when you're at home, like even thinking about what's for dinner, what's for dinner, what are you making? Oh my gosh, I don't know. So yes, definitely. I encourage everybody to head on over for the meal planning. And yeah, if you're interested for more the discount, I'll go ahead and put it into the show notes next 20. Thank you so much, Michelle. Thank you for having me. Okay.